We're not going to be in a hurry today, and, and I'm actually going to repeat some things that I've already told you uh, over the last few months. So more than likely, it won't be new, um, but I'm hoping that God will uh, allow it to be spoken in a fresh way, and it will be revealed uh, to us in a fresh way, and so our hearts would just simply be open to receive. Fair enough? And so, anyways, so most of you guys in here know that, uh, I guess in July, uh, it was July the 5th, that Jen and I came and we interviewed uh, for the church, for the pastoral position here at the church. And during that time, um, you know, it's pretty neat. You know, you know, like obviously I've told you guys in the past, God spoke to us, uh, you know, in January that we were coming and we just knew it was a matter of time of when it would happen. And so we were just waiting on him. And, and the awesome part is when you, when, you, when you walk into a situation where most people would be nervous and uh, trying to maybe impress people, put a good foot forward and all that, because I knew we heard from God, we just got to relax and we got to just be us. And, uh, you know, so while we were here, obviously it was, wasn't uh, if it was going to happen. It was just kind of when the decision was going to be made. And so, anyways, after we came and we preached, uh, you know, July the 5th, that Sunday, then obviously had a meal and got to meet a lot of you guys afterwards and got to talk to people and hear a lot of people's stories. Um, I think that day I, I spent probably about four hours just kind of going from conversation to conversation. And it was just a really good day. Um, so then we went back to the house that we were staying at, uh, you know, for the week that we were here. And I can't remember if it was Sunday night or Monday night, but I sit down, I sat down at the kitchen table and I just, I made a list of the things that I uh, felt that were going to be needed as we went forward as a church. And so the, the funny part was, is, you know, I got the list and, you know, I filled up the whole piece of paper and kind of maybe how we would go about some things and all that. And, and then when we uh, came back, you know, because I was going to go, uh, go back home to North Carolina and we had to sell our house and pack all the stuff up and, you know, go through the whole routine. And when we came back, um, I quickly realized that it wasn't time for anything on that list to, to start taking action. You, you know, and Jen and I talked and, and uh, we kind of just knew that, okay, for a while here, uh, we just really need to be ourselves and we need to build relationships and we just need to really love on people. And, uh, you, you know, and really at the end of the day, uh, j- just so people could go, okay, th- this is them. This is their family. And, y- you know, truth is, is that sounds maybe a little easy, I guess. But in, in the middle of all that, um, and I shared with you before, uh, that list, you know, if you know anything about me, I'm a guy that, that I'm ready to go now. <laughs> you know, I don't let the grass grow under my feet too quickly. It's, it's time to move. And so with that list, I really had to die to about everything that was on that list. And, and it took me a minute personally uh, to adjust to the new role uh, that, I, that I had here at the church. And so anyway, so as I was uh, dying and even at the same time over the past few months, uh, you know, took time to debrief from our previous assignment. And, uh, you know, when you there, there's people in here like I was talking to Ben the other day at lunch and he said he <coughs> he worked in the prison system for 17 years. You know, the previous church we worked at, we were there for 14 years. Anytime you leave a place that you've been there that long, uh, there takes the time to kind of get all that was in there, good and bad, just kind of weed your way out of it and kind of come up from uh, for kind of fresh air. Does that make sense to you guys? And so um, as we've been going through this debriefing process and really uh, taking time to get our family settled in and really just start learning the culture because, uh, you know, we've I've said it plenty, this culture is uh, way different than obviously the culture that I'm from. It's not. It's not bad. It's just different. And then ultimately, really, what's happening in the middle of the, you know the last four months, it, it's been it's been this. When you build relationships with people, the foundation of that relationship has to be trust. 
Do we agree with that? And so, you, you know, as the new guy on the block, right, we couldn't just roll in here and say, hey, look, you need to trust me because God made me pastor. <laughs> See ya. All right. It just, it just I, you know, I've been on the receiving end of that, and I certainly didn't want to be on the giving end of that. And so, you know, at the, you know, at the end of the day, I guess uh, our hope was or is, is that you guys would trust him well enough to know that he knew what he was doing when he brought us here. Amen. And then, you know, and if we could somehow uh, be who we are and relax and have peace in that and just be consistent and show that, you know, we're not here to use people, we're not here to manipulate people. We're really just here because it's about the kingdom. Right. I mean, that we all want the same thing, that that sooner or later that that trust would uh, grow from him, that it would grow to where you guys would trust us as well. Amen. And so, you know, part of that is 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 trusting that we would feed you in the right way spiritually and trust that we would uh, lead you in the right way. And, you know, it's kind of funny. So we here we are. We're, we're here for four months, like I said, and it's like slowly the the pieces of the future are coming in place in my heart. And it's, it's not, I've I got to be honest with you, they're not coming together as fast as I would like. They're, they're, they're not. But they're coming, and that's encouraging, right? And so, you know, I, I think sometimes in, it, it's kind of like this, and maybe, I, maybe I'll say it in a different way in a minute. Uh, but, I, but I've heard a statement said this before, that you can only run as fast as your slowest person. You know, so, I, you know, it's knowing that when you take a new position that, that you could, you know, set the world on fire and go. But if you lose half the crowd in the midst of it, then you messed up. You, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, listen, I'm from the south. We all hop in the back of trucks and ride, right? It, it, does, it does no good if you hit the corner going 80 if you lose half the people out the back, <laughs> you know. And so it's really important over the last few months that we kind of, uh, j- just kind of rallied in a lot of ways. I, you know, I'll just be frank. Just get healed. Yeah. Is that okay to say that? Just to get healed and, and just to feel like, okay, it's safe again. Right? right? And, and, that, and that, you know, it's okay. We can breathe and we can, and we can, really what it is, we can really begin to trust God again. You know, and we can trust, you know, unfortunately, you know, I'll say it this way. Maybe, you know, this is me just being open and honest, maybe too much. But, but it's, to, it's to trust the church again. You know, to know that, once again, that the church is safe, the church is a good place, uh, that it's there for our good, it is kingdom, you, you know, it is God's way. And to go, okay, I, I, I can I cannot, um, you know, I don't have to feel like I'm, I'm kind of half in, half out, not really sure what I'm going to do. But I can go, okay, all right, God, let's do this. Am I making sense to you guys? So, anyways, so that's kind of been what's going on. And, uh, but, but I feel like I, I need to tell you something this morning. And, and, you know, the biggest thing is I want, I want you guys to hear um, all this is coming, what I believe and hope, from a right heart. Okay? And, and I believe it is, uh, I believe it's just some things God wants to share with us today. And, uh, you know, so I just hope we'll, we'll just open up our hearts. But, but basically, here's the, here's the statement that I think that God really grabbed a hold of me with last night. Because I was planning on preaching something completely different today. And, um, you know, I've been studying for days and days and days and ignoring our guest and all that, you know, sh- you know, uh, shut up in my room studying. And, uh, and then yesterday morning I woke up and I saw something and I was like, OK. And then last night, everybody kind of went home because we had some other people there. And I just sat down at the computer and it was just like do, 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 download. It's like, OK, God, we'll, we'll go that route. And so anyway, so that's what we're going to do today. Uh, but here's what I feel like I, I need to tell you is that if. We as a church, and I'm talking about the lo- this local church, a celebration life, if we continue on the current trajectory 
that we are currently on, we're going to end up grossly and embarrassingly uh, missing the mark that God is destined for us to be. Does that make sense to you? In other words, that if we keep doing life the way that we're currently doing it, and it's not that it's bad, don't, don't, don't hear that, but if we continue in the current way that we're doing church, that we're going to get down 10 years down the road, and we're going to go, you know what? We didn't nail it. Are, are you all following me? Does that make sense? So today when I, when I talk to you, I, I, really, I really want you to hear things from this heart, and this is why if you're a visitor with us, it's maybe going to be a little different, but, but it's going to give you a good glimpse of the house. Okay, so here's the way I want you to hear this morning. I don't want you to hear it as they, that church, those people. I want you to hear it from we, our church. Right. I want you to hear that this is our church. So I don't want you to listen today from an outsider's perspective. I want you to hear it from the inside. You you know, growing growing up, I cannot tell you how many times, um, you know, even though I didn't give my heart to Jesus until I was, uh, you know, almost 20 years old. But, you know, growing up, I would get taken to church occasionally uh, by my dad and by my stepmom. And they always talked about those people. Those people and they always distanced themselves from the church that they would take us to. How many of you guys know that's not God's way? That's not God's way, right? So, so anyway, so today, hear from an inside perspective. And then I also want you to hear, hear this, please. I feel like this is really important to tell you. That, that God's word, um, it may challenge us and may sometimes even convict us. But it never condemns us. Okay? And so today when we share the things from the word that, that we're going to share, I, I don't want anyone to feel condemned. Okay? Be, because what, what may kind of, um, I, I guess, feel like maybe a punch at you is really uh, life to someone else. It, does that make sense? It's what they need to hear. You know, I, I think over even the past, past month, what's happening to me in this new role is, is I can't personally, and I'm just being open here, um, I can't base things off of what people say after I preach. Does that make sense? In other words, that, that I have to trust that we hear from God and, and, that, and that we deliver that and we go, okay, and there's learning and there's positive and there's feedback that's good. Don't get me wrong. We, we all need feedback. But, but there's a part that is kind of funny that there's certain sermons that will preach and I'll look out at you guys and some of you guys are just resting in the Lord. Here's what you kind of look like. <laughs> And then there's people coming to me from the same message of service saying that's the best message they've ever heard. You, you know, so, so part of this today is this. It's just where you're at. If it's from God, it's going to land on you. If it's not from God, it, you know, don't feel beat up. It, it just wasn't for you. Is it, am I making sense to you guys? Yes? Okay. I, I've just been at this long enough to know that you're not going to get 100% and everybody's going to go, yeah, that was from God. Life change. It just doesn't work that way. So anyways, all right, here we go. So if you have your Bible, we'll get there in a second. I actually asked Mark uh, not to put up certain scriptures today. He only asked him to put up one passage. The rest I want you to turn in your own Bible, and I want you to look at okay? So if you have your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. While you're there, I'm going to read the scripture out of Proverbs. I'm going to read one out of Psalms, and then we'll come there, okay? So I'll give you two simple scriptures. If you're there, say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so it says this in Proverbs 16:9, and both of these are really familiar verses. But it says, a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his what? His steps, right? A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. 
Psalms 37, 23 says this, the steps of a good or steps of a righteous man or righteous woman that they're ordered by God. So really quick, by a show of hands, if you've ever heard that, wave it at me. You ever heard those verses? Okay. All right. By a show of hands, and that wasn't all of you, but that's okay. If uh, by a show of hands, if you believe those verses, wave your hand really good at me. All right. Good deal. Some of you guys believed it more than others. All right. So listen, if we if we believe those scriptures are true, then that means that we must also believe that God led us to this church on a purpose. Purpose. That, in other words, this that there's not one person that's come repeatedly here that arrived here by accident. In other words, if we really believe that God directs our steps as His children, then I showed up here and there's a reason that I'm here. Do we believe that? Yes. You, you know, I, I've said this to you before, but I think the older I get in the faith, the more intentional I realize God is. Does that make sense? In other words, He's intentional literally in everything He does. And, you know, and I, we, we've kind of said this, but just kind of give you. Uh, a thought, a reminder. You, you know, a few weeks ago at the Christmas service, we talked about Jesus being born in Bethlehem. So here, here's the one who's known as the bread of life, right? Remember me saying this. The bread of life being born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of bread. You know, uh, Bruce and I were talking and talking about here's the Lamb of God that's born in a stable. You know, once again, it's intentional. You, you know, even if you look at when Jesus died, and uh, we know that Joseph of Arimathea went in the one that got his body, right, and he put him in his own tomb. It's awesome to know that when you look up Arimathea, it actually means the lion is dead, and Jesus is the lion of Judah. There's nothing that's there that you really read the word when you really study it. It's like the greater you dig, the more intentional you realize God is in everything that he does. And so, listen, so if he would go through, uh, and I know, you know, sometimes it's easier for us to go, and we were talking about this the other day, people just go, well, that's Jesus, Well, Jesus was still 100% man, and he came to give us an example of what our life would be like as men and women, right? Yes, in other words, he didn't put himself at some pedestal that was like, hey, you know what, you'll never reach this. He showed us basically what a life was like if it would just be submitted to the Father. So, So here he is, as if he will do that with Jesus about where he's born. Remember what we talked about. A prophecy from Micah was given 700 years prior, and then we come to where Jesus was born. He moved. He literally moved an empire, and he got Jesus in the exact location to fulfill a prophecy. So if he will do all of that, uh, you, you know, so uh, detailed and intentional, take a minute step back and realize that the Bible says we're actually brothers with Jesus. I understand he's God, but it's just talking about covenant there, that, that, we, are, uh, that we are literally uh, co-heirs with Christ. So understand that if he'll do it for him, guess what? He's still doing it for us, and he's really, really intentional where he puts us. Amen? And see, part of that is... Is, is the challenge, and I don't know why I'm, I'll just say this, but part of it's the challenge of our own hearts when we come to a church. In other words, uh, how much we get from it is how much we really open up our hearts to receive from it. Am I making sense? In other words, it, it's, even, it's even this, and this is going to sound super self-promoting, and I don't mean it any this way, but, but just, just hear this, okay? And this, is, this is what I personally believe, okay? Fair enough? And I think there's Bible to back it up. So in, in Covenant Love, okay, down in North Carolina, there were certain people that would go to our senior pastor and, and they would go, hey, Al. And, and people, you know, and it was like they, they didn't understand the office that the man walked in. 
Am I making sense to you? And so they took a common place with him, called him by his first name, and just treated him like he was some, some regular guy. They didn't realize the authority in the office that God has entrusted this man, and they didn't honor him in a way of calling him pastor. Now, I don't really expect all that, but I just want you to get some, because it's not really in the title. It's the condition of the heart. Okay, so somebody called me Quentin, and, and that's fine. Okay, so that's not what I'm saying. But, but there, there's something about when Jesus said that if you honor a prophet, then you receive a prophet's reward, right? In other words, if you honor the office that a person walks in, if it's, if it's an apostle, a teacher, an evangelist, whatever it is, that if you honor the position, the office, the anointing that's upon their life, uh, then what happens is, is you receive from it. You get the rewards. And it's really basic. Let me even give you one. For a prophet, what is their reward? They hear God. So you honor them. Guess what you receive? Hearing God. Does that, does that make sense to you guys? Okay. That was free. All right, here we go. It's a total side note. Okay, so going back here. Okay, listen, so you're not here by accident. And uh, really the question that I want you to ask yourself is this this morning, that I want you to consider, and you're the only one that can answer it. But you need to say, okay, God, if I believe that you brought me here, then I need to ask myself, why did you bring me here? What, what, why? You know, and listen, if you are a, a parent then you need to say, God, why have you brought not only me, but why have you brought my family here? If you're the head of a house, whatever, if you're, you're here more than just you, God, why do you have us here? What's the purpose? Make sense? All right, so let me show you a few, a few scriptures here. Once again, I, I think I've shared pretty much every verse I'm going to share this morning with you already, but hopefully we'll hear it fresh. All right, you there in 1 Corinthians? Look at verse 14. 14. So this is today where I want to do is last week we really talked more about you as an individual. And there's still some of that here today. But I want us to get a, a bigger picture and I want us to get a different perspective of, of who we are in this house. Okay. So it says this in 1 Corinthians 12:14. It says, for in fact, the body is not. Somebody says it's not. It's not one member, but it's many. So part of this today is, is understanding that when you look around the room, you need to understand that you're connected with these people. And, and you did not connect yourself with these people. God connected you with these people. Okay? So, so not one, uh, one member, but many. Look at verse 18. It says, But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Somebody says, He pleased. So once again, it was from God's heart and God's attention that he put you here in this local body. Verse 27 says this, says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Okay, so watch this perspective time. It, so I don't just show up at this church and sit down and receive and get up and walk out and view myself as an individual. I have to first see myself that, okay, I'm here. I'm connected with these people. I'm a part of this group of people that God's called me to do life with. And then I need to see greater than that at a whole nother perspective that I'm a member of the body of Christ as a whole worldwide. In other words, we're just as much in the body of Christ as somebody in this room as we are with somebody that's in the church of Asia right now. We're all in the same body. Amen. All right. So Ephesians takes these thoughts a little further. In fact, if you can. Uh, flip over there because I want you to see this. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. It's after Galatians, before Philippians. You guys there? Amen. All right. It says this. Look at verse 22. Great chapter. 
That's kind of ridiculous to say that, right? It's the Bible. It's all good. All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians twenty-two twenty-three. It says, and he, the first he there is actually talking about God the Father, okay? And he, the Father, put all things. Somebody say all things. Put all things under his feet. Who's his? It's talking about Jesus, all right? Put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church. Okay, so let me stop there and maybe make a point. He's the head of the church. This is why we, as the American church, we got to start looking at things a little different than what we do. In other words, we live in a society that, guess what? We get to cast a vote. doesn't always turn out like we want, but we get to cast a vote, right? In other words, it's a, it's a democracy. We, we, all get to, we all get to pitch in our opinions and all these things. We get to, if we want to, grab a sign and, and, and you know, do our thing and protest, whatever you want to do, right? So you guys that were in the 60s, you know what that was about, right? All right, so, uh, but we don't live in a democracy. We live in a kingdom, Okay, in this kingdom, there's one leader. His name is Jesus. Okay, and so it's not about all of us getting our opinions and and throwing our opinions and thinking that we determine everything. No, at the end of the day, look, we all bow knee at the cross and we all submit to his lordship and we all go, Holy Spirit, Jesus, will you lead us, please? Yes. All right. So he's the head. All right. Uh, In other words, you you know, granted, there is a governing factor. There's pastors in places and all that. But at the end of the day, we're all looking in one direction. Okay. so it says this is to be head over all things to the church. Verse 23. This is what I really want you to see. It says, which is his body. Somebody say I'm his body. It says the fullness of him, the complete him that fills that word feels there actually in the Greek language means that performs or executes. So we're the body. We're the part of the body that performs and executes uh, all in all. That means basically this, all things that are his will on this earth. Okay, now watch this. It's no different than our own physical body. Our brain tells us what to do. Our mouth speaks. But at the end of the day, uh, it's our arms and the legs that really make the action happen. Right? Yes? That's, that's simple biology, I think, or whatever. Anyways, so, so at the end of the day, it's my hands and my feet. That's who we are in this thing. Once again, he's got the plan. He's got the brain, the mindset of what needs to happen. We're just the part that fulfills the stuff. That's it. And, and what's so amazing, here's a God that's all-powerful, but yet he chooses to co-labor with us. Blows my mind. You, you know, and it's not the fact that, it's not that he needs us, but he chooses to entrust us. You know, and if you and if you really if you really stop, I think the thing that really blows my mind about that the most is is even rewind to when the church really began with with here's 11, not 12, because we know what Judas did, 11 disciples. And you're talking about a God, the God, of the universe being a risk taker. You, you, you understand Jesus went to the cross. We know he, he died three days later, he rose again and he went to heaven and he commissioned them. All right, boys, what you saw me do, you go do it. Are you with me? So he entrusted literally the future of the church on those 11 men. Are you all following me? And so watch this. That this God is still entrusting us for the future and for the benefit even currently now of his church. So that's why we can't just go, you know, I'm content with walking in and sitting down and hearing something, getting up and leaving. It doesn't, it doesn't fit because we're supposed to fulfill. We're supposed to execute. We're supposed to perform, not from performance, but we got action. We're supposed to get something done. Yes? See, the, the Bible if, even says this. Jesus said, occupy or work. A lot of people in this nation don't like that word. But, but work, 
until he comes, right? Even in this, let me stretch it this far. First John, uh, it says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. Is that true? Okay, it says that in First John. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. How is Jesus still destroying the works of the enemy? Look around. It's through us. Yes, that's why we have verses like, greater is he that is in me than he is in this world. Okay, because our, our, literally, we are people who bring light and life and hope to dark places. And guess what? There is a power and authority that resides in us. And when we go and we open our mouths and we obey, guess what? Heaven comes. Yes? Amen. All right. So, how do we fulfill his will? This is, um, I probably shrinking this down too much, but I just want you to kind of catch a glimpse here. Uh, you don't stay there in Ephesians, but this is back in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. It says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things. It says, and, and obviously we know it's the nine gifts of the Spirit that are before that, but it says distributing, I said this last week, distributing to each one gifts of the Spirit, or uh, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So how are we destroying the works of the enemy? It's really by using the gifts, and I don't want to just relegate to the nine, even though I believe wholeheartedly in every one of those. Um, and I know they're true, but at the same time, it, it's even beyond that, are just the natural giftings that God's given us. That's how we fulfill and execute and perform. Am I explaining this well enough? All right. So let me show you uh, another verse. We kind of already mentioned away, but Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. Once again, this is the perspective that I'm wanting us to grab a hold of. Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12. All right. So right before this, it says that Jesus descended and then he ascended okay went to heaven and then it says and he jesus himself gave uh some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers okay we are a church that believes in the fivefold ministry wholeheartedly okay so it says this in verse 12 for the and if i could add the words for the purpose of equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying the word edifying there means the growth or the building up of the body of Christ. Okay, so for the equipping, somebody say equipping. Come on, say it like you mean to say equipping. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Watch that. So you're going to get this in a minute. It is not, it is not a pastor's job to do everything in a ministry. Fair enough? It's our job, once again, to feed and to lead so that... The people are equipped to do the ministry. Now, once again, I want to I want to throw this out there. Uh, ministry, that ministry is done in the local church, and it's also done outside the four walls of the local church. So, so we, we don't need to just look like the okay. We need to see the big picture there. All right. So, uh, if you remember, and I've told you before, but the word equipping there is I, I love the I, I love the Greek language. It's amazing because we read something in our English language, and then we go look at what it means in the Greek, and it just opens up a whole new world. But here's what the word equipping there means, and I'll say this because there's new people. Uh, that actually means that there, is a, that there is a limb that is out of joint, and basically that joint is taken and, and basically popped back in place so that limb can now function again. Does that make sense? So, listen, I have, I have personally dislocated my right shoulder 14 times. Okay? So, listen, it is... Um, I cannot express to you the hindrance that that causes in life. All right? So what happens is, is when people get saved, they come into the kingdom. Part of the responsibility, yes, of the Holy Spirit, but also us as, as ministers of the gospel, is to help you find your place, 
put you in that place, pop you in that spot, so now you can function properly what God designed for you to function in. Yes? All right. So, all right. So, how do we, looking at that, where it actually comes out at the end, it says, for the work of the ministry, and obviously that means uh, leading people to the Lord, but also discipling people, because we have to understand that we not only are disciples, but we should be discipling people. And it comes back to the thing that if I'm not a disciple, and if I'm not discipling people, then I'm not fulfilling the Great Commission. Right? And that's on us. We take personal responsibility of that. There should be, A, us submitted somewhere learning so we can become more of a learner of Christ and disciple, but then we also have to turn around and we have to look at who am I discipling Yes, that's kingdom, right? Yes? Well, don't get quiet on me, all right? So it says as we do that, what happens? It says the edifying, what's in the growth or the building up of the body. What's the body? It's those members that we talked about a while ago, the body of Christ. Okay, so how do we cause the body of Christ to grow? This is real elementary here, but it says Ephesians 4. Look down a few verses, verse 16. It says, from whom the whole body. Somebody say whole body. It says, joined and knit together. Once again, it's not individuals. We're together. It says, by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working, by which every part does its share. Meaning, meaning this. Let me go ahead and lay this out there for you here. Uh, there's things that people are being required to do that they're not anointed for. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Okay. And so what happens is, and we'll get to this more in a minute. But, but when you only have a few that are willing, then what happens is they have to fulfill roles that they were never designed, gifted, or created for. And so because they lack the anointing on their life and the grace of God to do those things, then guess what happens? It eats their freaking lunch. Yes? It does. It, it, you know, listen, I've seen it in small churches. I've seen it in big churches. There's a common thread from, from West Coast to East Coast. There's a common thread in churches that is happening with people that are in the church because they're good-hearted, because they're servant-hearted, and, and they're willing to do anything that God would want to do. They, you know, they launch out and they get in something with great fervor because, you know, something needs to happen, but then they get in there and they don't realize they have the goods. And it's not their fault. Are, are you following me? It's not even, it's not even leadership's fault. The fault is, is people see themselves as individuals and not as a whole so they don't fulfill the slots that they've been designed and gifted for. Y'all still love me? It's truth, isn't it? So, you know, listen, it's, if you're ever in life, and, um, man, I've so witnessed this many, many times. If you're in life and you're trying to do something in ministry and you are just burned out, smoked, aggravated, frustrated, feeling capable, feel like you're failing. At the end of the day, listen, first of all, number one, that's not God's will. And number two is, is you're in a spot you don't supposed to be in. And so you need to begin to pray, God, please send somebody in the spot. Right? Because there's a place of joy waiting for you. Yes? Because, listen, it doesn't mean that, you know, yes, we work and there is labor that comes with work. So there's going to be an essence of that of whatever we do in the kingdom. Okay? But there's also a spot that that's this, that, you know what, um, man, I really enjoy doing what I do. You, you know, because what happens is, is let, me, let me maybe describe something for you. Here's what the anointing does for your life. The anointing takes something that would naturally maybe be unnatural for you and makes it natural. Does that make sense? In other words, basically, it's, um, oh, man. Anybody got a jacket? 
Justin, come grab your jacket real quick. Whatever. Family meetings, you just kind of go with it, right? So, so what happens is, hold that, stand there. So, (laughs) (laughs) by the way, it's my really good friend visiting, right? So, you know, you said you want to get involved there, right? All right, so turn around. Come on, come on, come on. Right. So, so listen. So, so here's Justin, right? And Justin is basically there's something that God's put on his heart, called him to do. But he goes, you know what? I, I'm kind of nervous about that. You know, I've never done that before. But, but what happens is, is he goes to prayer, and he, he can't help but to pray about that. Anybody ever been there where you just pray, and then it seems like man, there's just something that continues to come up. That's really God showing you where your where your grace and your anointing's at. It's what he's inviting you into. And so what happens is, is when he actually has the courage to go, okay, God, I'll do it, and he steps out, what happens? God comes in and, and he clothes us, not with a jacket, obviously, but he clothes us with himself. And that which was unnatural, what we were nervous about, now becomes a natural thing, and we easily flow in it. And it's so rewarding to operate from that position in the anointing. Does that make sense to you guys? Give that guy a hand. He's so good. It's pretty good with the gun, too, by the way. All right, so once again, let's read this. Ephesians 4, 16. From the whole body, joined and knit together by every joint supplying according to the effective working by which every part does its share. That, I, I just hope you hear every part, okay? Causes what? Causes growth of the body for the edifying itself to love. Causes growth of the body for the edifying itself in love. So when you do, once again, when you quit seeing yourself as an individual and you see yourself as a whole and you begin to hop in and pitch in, then what happens is, is you actually cause the whole body to grow. Are you following me? And, and that growth doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to become perfect. But what it does mean is that they're going to become mature. Okay, because that should be the goal for all of us. Once again, we should look back at the previous year and go, you know what, I'm not the same guy. You know, I'm not who I once was, but I'm certainly not where I'm going because there's a maturation process that's happening in my life. Yes? And so kind of kind of here's the, um, if you can understand maybe the word perfect, and I'll describe to you maybe what maturity is. Side note. Let, let's say this. Let's say I, I go over to the pitch and, and I go uh, help Mr. Harold over there fix something. He'd be the one fixing it, by the way, not me. And my role would be this. He'd say, hey, Quentin, can you go grab me a screwdriver? Gotcha, Sarge. I can do that. So I go and I find the screwdriver and I bring it to Mr. Harold and I go, will this one work? He says, it's perfect. Now, it doesn't mean the screwdriver is flawless, but what it does mean is that it's, it'll get the job done. Okay, And that's what God's really trying to do in us in this maturing process. It's not that we ever get this, man, we're perfect. We got this thing. But he's just saying, you know what? Uh, through my anointing, you can get the job done. Does that make sense? All right. So let's, uh, let's do this really fast. Flip over to Romans. I've tried to speed the train up here. Romans. Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. I guess it would help if I gave you the address, huh? <laughs> Romans 12. This is, I like this because Paul, you know, Paul obviously wrote Corinthians and obviously wrote Ephesians, but he also wrote Romans. But he really brings it all kind of together here. Watch this. In Romans 12, we're going to read verses 3 through 8. He said, For I say, through the grace given to me, once again, the anointing that's on his own life, to everyone who is among you. So he's talking to the Roman church. He says, Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. 
but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. In other words, you've been given a measure of faith, but may you need to live from a position of humility in it. Yes? So verse 4 says, and this is where he kind of brings all this together. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Get where we're going here. It says, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. It says, having then gifts deferring according to the grace that is given to us. In other words, once again, there's your gift and you have a special grace, special anointing that's specifically for you and what you've been called to do. And then this key part, look at the next little four words there. Let us use them. That's a good chance to say amen. Let us use them. In other words, don't let them be, remain dormant in your life. Don't keep them in the closet waiting for a, uh, you know, a sunshiny day. He says, let us use them. When, when's, when's a good time to use them? Today. Right? For women say, oh, yeah. Thank you, babe. I, that's a good wife right there. I said if you women say, oh, yeah, she was the only one that said it. I'm, if you women say, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. All right. Thanks. Appreciate the five of you. All right. Here we go. So I'm going to keep messing with people. All right. So he says this. He says, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. I have to be honest with you today. That is something that we have to get rolling in this church. Yes, that is something. That there's... The gifts of the Spirit, listen, you know, I've said this. We're a church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit, all right? Um, they should be in operation in, in this body, okay? And we can talk about that another day. But I just want us to begin to even make room and prepare our own hearts to know that we're going somewhere. Once again, if we stay on the trajectory that we're currently in, we're not going to see the things that God promised. Yes? All right, so we'll get into maybe that a different time. All right, here we go. It says, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. It says, or ministry, let us use it, uh, you, you, let us use it in our ministering. It says, he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy, uh, shows mercy with cheerfulness. In other words, basically what the Apostle Paul is saying is, guess what? All around this room, you've all been gifted. Give it to the body. You, you know, it's just the understanding that that gift wasn't given just for you. It was given, the purpose of that gift was for someone else, not for you. Yes? In other words, even, even this, and the reason I like the part where it talks about being humble is because our gifts were never designed to, to make us, uh, look how gifted I am. That's, that wasn't, the, the gift was given to you so you could come low and you could serve people through it. Yes? So, you, you know, listen, I can, in my younger years with prophetic ministry really going, I, 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 for some reason, I like the fact that I could walk in the room and I could go, that's in you, that's in you, and that's in you. And most of the time it was your junk. I didn't know, I wasn't mature enough to see the gold. I just read the trash that was in people, right? And, and it made me get arrogant and conceited that I could see all that. And one day the Lord checked me. And it was so funny. I went to go look in the mirror. It was right before a staff meeting, and the, Lord, and the Lord literally said, did I give you that gift so you could say, aha, I got you, or is it to benefit the people? I still remember exactly where I was at, super church bathroom. There we go. 
It's like, yes, Lord. And so does that make sense to you guys? So whatever it is, remember, that's the purpose that's given for. OK. All right. So. Uh, all right. So let me give you an example. Maybe I saw. I saw this the other day. I'm just going to kind of read it for time's sake. It says visually I saw this. I saw a pastor. And his wife, I saw him running around. Basically, church is starting. They, they run to the front door. They're trying to greet everyone. Then they run over to the soundboard, and, and they try to run the sound. And then they, they slide over to the computer, and they try to do the media work. And then they run downstairs to make sure everything's good for the cafe, everything's set up. And then they run back upstairs so they can play an instrument and lead a little bit of worship. But they're trying to do that for the adults. Now they've got to run to do that for the kids. And then what about the youth? What are we doing for the youth? And, and then we sit back and we go, you, you know what? I, I need to sign the kids in for children's ministry. We, we got to do that. We got to sign them in. And then we got to run and work the nursery. Then we got to go three or four year old class. You know that's a special anointing. And so, and, and then, and then you go, okay, we, we got to do children's church. And, and then, then we got to do youth ministry. And then, oh, I got to run upstairs. I got to preach real quick to the, to the adults. And then we got to pray for people in the altar because altar ministry is huge. Please hear that. That is it's huge. Okay. And, and then we go, okay, I need to teach every discipleship class, every small group. We need to lead, lead a men's ministry. We need to lead women's ministry. What about the prayer ministry? Oh, my gosh. Then we got to mentor. We got to train every leader and volunteer. And then we got to plan to communicate that volunteer rotation so everybody's not confused. And, th- and then we got to do uh, what? We got to cancel all that. We got to counsel all these people that got issues, got problems. They, they need help. And, and then we got to do this. We, we, we got to fix every project at the church. That's broke. This is broke. It may we got to fix these things. And then on top of all of that, guess what we got to do? Have a good marriage and raise godly kids. Are, are you with me? How many of you guys know that is absolutely impossible? Okay, but let's get to the truth of it. I'm not talking about you people. I'm not talking about you people, all right? But in churches, and I've been to them, they expect the people that come in the door, the consumers... The people that operate from entitlement come and they sit in and they expect every bit of that to be available to them and their families. Just in case if they want to go to it. Is that truth? And, and then, you, you know, and then they get mad at the pastor when he doesn't have fresh revelation. Well, guess what? He's been running around like a, a crazy man. He had not had any time to pray anyways. He never had time to be with God and study to bring fresh revelation. And so what happens is, because it's consumer mentality, they get mad and they go somewhere else. Are you with me? Yes? That's good preaching. It's truth. Okay, so listen, you know, as far as for us, okay, um, Jen and I are not only not gifted to do all those things, we're not called to do all those things. So what does God do? God brings you, that who is gifted and called to do those things so that we can really minister effectively in the region. Great place to say amen. amen. So listen, this is why over there in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty one, it implies this. I love this verse. It implies the fact that we need each other. We need each other. Uh, listen, I've been around pastors who, who think they got it all down. I'm not one of those. Listen, I recognize that this couple right here needs you. I realize that, and I'm totally okay with that. I'm okay that there's people that are better at something than me. Yes? Thank God. Thank God. Listen, in my house, there's things that my wife is is much, 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 much better at than me. I don't know if you don't prophesy or what. I, you know, 
so that we're much better and my wife's much better at it than me. Guess what I do? I, babe, go. You got it? I, I, you know, I'll tell you where, where me personally, where she, she's great at loving people. I wish I could love people as well as her. And, and the awesome part, it's not conjured up. It's just natural. She's great at it. You know, me, I'm a little rough. Y'all pray for me. All right. So. All right. So watch this. And, and I don't I'm not going to get everything that I want to get in today. And that's fine. But li- listen, obviously, in this church, we have uh, some amazing volunteers. There's no doubt. OK, we have people do a great job greeting, great job working the cafe, great job in children's ministry, great job in the worship team, media, sound. all. We've we got some really good people. Okay? And I'm very thankful for them. Um, but but here's the truth is we got a few people trying to fulfill the responsibilities that were designed for the whole. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We have a few people. It, you know, listen, worship started this morning. Be really vulnerable here with you. And I walk in, I go, okay, this guy's not here. This person's not here. This person's not here. Jesus, help me, please. But I'm so great that you got to experience it this morning. Because what happens is, is you got to see a need this morning. Right? So here's what, here's what happened. Watch this. Everybody love me here, especially if worship didn't love me. Okay? <laughs> Is I because because we know these people, I can look up there and I can see their faces and they felt the weight of the whole thing. And they weren't they weren't themselves this morning because they felt the weight and the responsibility to carry the whole team. But they're not anointed or gifted to do that. Am I making sense, you guys? You know, so they give it their best. We're glad they give it their best. Right. But this morning, we, we saw what it's like to have, you know, a sound guy sick, and the drummer's got to go do that. A guitar player's uh, out. He sings to another singer's in North Carolina. We'll get him when he gets back. Just kidding. It's Noah. Anyway, so, so there, anyways, so you got to see basically a team trying to carry the whole, right, with a few. You got to experience that this morning. The, the goal should be this, and this is what me as your pastor prays for. That if, if there's a person, in fact, I'll just be honest with you, I'm kind of praying for multiple teams. That's what I pray for. L- listen, I don't, I don't operate from a mindset that goes, um, you, you know, we have X amount of people and bless God, we're going to get by. Well, my God's a God of abundance, y'all. Right? And so I don't believe it's only abundance in money and, and all those things, but I believe it's abundance in people. And so why can't we dream and why can't we believe that we would actually have a, a super abundance of volunteers in every position? That, that it's like, okay, um, you know, where it's not that it's the same people every week uh, getting burned out, but we actually have different teams that could rotate in, and there's always fresh life. Yes? i got to be honest with you. I don't even want to preach every week. Is that okay to say that? Because why? Because I'm not the only one with revelation. Are you all following what I'm saying? So listen, so it should be, there should be something inside of us, once again, that sees doing church as a team, sees ourselves as part of the whole, and we hop in and we go for it in our natural giftings. Yes? And we do it from a position of joy and not from a position of burden. Amen? All right, so watch this. Let me, let me give you this, okay? Let me just read it. The church as a whole doesn't resemble a healthy body. Now, I, I, am, talking, I am talking about... Church, the church of, we'll say America, because that's really what we all see. The church of America, but I would even say, in, in, in essence, this church, okay, that, that we don't resemble a complete healthy body. And it doesn't mean that the people are bad. Don't, keep it in context, please, okay? Uh, but the church as a whole looks more like a man. Uh, okay, let me say this. A man that I saw in Toys R Us. All right, watch this. I'm reading that. 
Okay, all right. So let me go. All right, here we go. So Jen and I were in when we were in at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Uh, we went to Toys R Us, all right? And we had our kids with us. I think we were buying Christmas presents or something like that from grandparents or whatever. And I'm, and I'm standing there, and I look over by the cash register, and there's a, a soldier, okay, a guy that was a soldier, and he uh, did not have a left arm. His right arm from his shoulder basically was prosthetic, came out with, a, with basically a claw thing on it, okay? And he had two of those, uh, like, fiberglass-looking legs, so here's a guy that was missing both arms, was missing, missing both legs that he gave for our country and your freedom. Let's put that in there, please, okay? And so the, here's a guy that really paid a, a price, okay? And he's sitting there with his, I assume, wife or girlfriend, and uh, I think there was a little kid with him, too. And, and you know, granted, i got to be honest with you, it messed me up. <laughs> you, you know, when you see something like that, I mean, obviously living in a military town, we saw a lot of that. But, but it just touched my heart in such a way to go, God, please. You know, please, Jesus, we, we need miracles, you know. And so, anyway, so he's sitting there, and this guy's not dead, but he's not operating to his fullest potential. That's what the church looks like. We're not dead, but we're not operating from our fullest potential. Yes, and the reason is, is because all joints are not supplying what they are gifted to supply. All right, so, and here's kind of, here's kind of maybe the... The idea for you, okay? On the current trajectory, if a few people are engaged, then guess what? Then we'll do a few things. But if we all jump on board and understand our part in the kingdom, then guess what we'll do? We'll do something of significance in this region. It's really, it's really this, and, and here's, a, here's a heart that I hope we have with this church, that it's not a heart of ownership, but it's a heart of stewardship, that we steward what God has put in us, and what God has provided, the opportunity as far as ministry, that we would steward that well enough that God would trust us with the hearts and the lives of people in this region. Are, are, and I hope you notice I'm saying region, region, region on purpose. Because I really feel like that's what he wants us to do. I don't think he wants us just to kind of be, okay, it's, it's us. It's not a numbers thing, guys. It's a soul thing. It's souls. It's people going to heaven or hell. There's, there, there is, listen, there's something on the line. And not just for a short moment, it's for eternity. And I'm going to tell you guys that are scared to talk, about somebody, talk to somebody about Jesus. I love what one of my friends said one time. He said, what are you going to turn them off to? Hell number two? R- really? Really? They're already going. So get in there and try to snatch them out of it like Jude says. Yes? Great place to say amen. Thank you all. Appreciate it for a row. I'll pay you all later. So... So, all right, so think about this real quick, okay? Uh, think about if your physical body only operated from 20%. The only 20% of your body functioned, all right? Well, we know medically you wouldn't be alive, okay? We get that. But if you can imagine for a second, only 20% of your body functioned right and well, okay? Statistically, 20% of the people in church do 80% of the work. So statistically, the kingdom, God's body, the body of Christ, is trying to function and operate from 20%. And we listen, and we wonder why we're not making an impact. The impacts don't come through programs. It comes from people being placed where they're supposed to be, operating in their gifting and the anointing on their life, allowing the kingdom to come through them. And guess what? The kingdom shows up and things change. Yes? 
So, but once again, it takes willing people. That, that's why, did you notice when Jesus prayed, he didn't say pray for the harvest. He said pray for what? Laborers. Workers. Pray for them. Because the harvest is already ripe. It's a done deal. Yes? It's a done deal. We need to pray for harvest. We need to pray for people that are willing to come and bring what God's given them, right? Their gift. Okay. All right, so let me say this. What I've noticed, and not so much in this church, but over the past few years, is that when people are asked to do something, once again, you know, you go to me and say, hey, can you help? Hey, can you volunteer? Can you do this? Because, once again, there's a need here. Um, you know, people seem to get bent out of shape pretty quick. And they feel inconvenienced, and they don't like it when something's required of them. Are, are you all following me? Listen, once again, that's where perspective comes in. And it doesn't mean we use and abuse people. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's realizing, once again, you are a part of a kingdom. And when the king comes, like Jesus did to that fig tree, expecting fruit, there better be fruit on the tree. Yes? So, in other words, when when he comes, you you know, I I, I love it. You know, Pastor Brian's daughter-in-law, one of my really good friends, Candace, okay, we, we have a joke. When, when, something, when something is asked to do something, she starts singing this gospel song that says, Say yes. Say yes, basically what the Lord's required of thee. And so that's really what it's at, that we say yes. And you're not saying yes to a man. You're not saying yes to You're saying yes to God. Amen? All right. So going back to the top there, um, ask yourself once again, why has God led me to this church? Why has God led me to this church? So let me give you... What could be a few reasons, and I know it's not all the reasons, okay? Because everybody's here is different. And once again, what we said at the top, if it lands, take it. If it doesn't, it doesn't, just don't take it, all right? No pressure from me, all right? First one is this. First reason that you're probably here is so that you and your family can grow mature in your walk with God. Simple. So you come in uh, and, you, and you open your heart up and you say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be fed. I'm ready to receive. And, and it's not only in the receiving, but it's also in the, what you take and do with it. Yes? See, that's, that's why I'm a firm believer of taking notes. It's me personally, okay? And the reason I say that is, is because it helps me uh, to, A, remember what was said, and B, when I walk away, to do something with it. Because I can look back on it, I can take it, and I can pray about it. Are you following me? Yes, no? All right, give me a bobble head, all right? So... So, but here's what happens for, for that to take place. Now, now listen, f- please feel this, okay? For me to really grow and mature in my walk with God, this requires me to be planted in the house of God. Requires of me to be planted. The Bible says that we flourish when we're planted in the house of God. Is that true? It's true. So listen, that requires this. Everybody hear me with a really great heart here, okay? That requires consistency from us. Okay, if, listen, my mom is like green thumb lady. I mean, she's like, man, she, she bought a house in Foley, Alabama, and it was bare as can be. You know, you just saw a brick. You go there now, it looks like a jungle in the front yard with all these tropical flowers and trees. And I mean, it's amazing what she's done. Yes? And, and so, but here's what, here's what happens though. My mom doesn't, you know, I don't call mom, hey, what'd you do? What'd you do today? Well, I dug up that old bush again today. I transplanted over there. Call back next day. Well, you know, bush I moved uh, Tuesday. I moved it again. What what happens with a bush or a flower if you do that? It dies. It never flourishes. It never reaches its fullest 
life, our fullest potential, okay? So there's a kingdom principle there that if we get locked in, if we get committed and we're consistent in the church, then what happens is, is guess what? We'll grow much quicker. Yes? And that's a good, yes, that's a good thing, okay? And once again, please hear my heart. It's not a numbers thing, but as a pastor, I'm telling you, my heart is to see you grow. And if you're hit and miss, then you'll never grow to your fullest potential. Fair enough? Listen, listen, when I was not a pastor, I was one of the first people there, and I was one of the last people there. And it's because I wanted to grow. I met Jesus, y'all. Are you, are, you, are you with me? Sometimes we forget that. We, 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 we lose it. I met him, and I wanted all of him. Still want all of him. And so what happens is I'd get there, and I'd pray. They had a little prayer meeting before I'd get there. And every church I've ever been in before I was a pastor, I'd go and I'd pray, believe God, whip out my notepad, listen to the pastor, take notes, rock and rolling. Yeah? Amen. All right, we'll move on. Okay, here we go. Second one is this. Why would maybe God bring you here? It Maybe it's for you to get healthy. And mentally, spiritually, uh, whatever. It's kind, of, it's kind of like this. Here's the picture I have of this. Is, uh, you know, when I grew up in my house, I grew up around a lot of alcohol. I ground up, uh, grew up around a lot of fighting. I grew up around a lot of cussing. I mean, just angry people, right? I, so I grew up um, in dysfunction, okay? And I remember when I got saved, uh, going and being around families that didn't do any of that. There, there was no way screaming and hollering at each other. There was no one, uh, you know, degrading one another, making everybody feel that, that big. You, you know, I remember feeling almost out of place in that because I was around. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Of growing around so much dysfunction, it was amazing what you get used to and you adapt to. And you just learn how to survive in it. Are you with me? Part of, part of what I know God wants to do here is, is this, is people that only know dysfunction of a church, okay, to show them here's what a healthy church really looks like. But for that to happen, I gotta be I gotta have my heart open to receive that. Am I making any sense, you guys? Is that too far? So and part of that is this is and this even why we went into what we talked about last week about walking in peace is this is if I if I live a life that I don't know what it's like to walk in peace, guess what? God wants me to live there. So I need to be open for him to be it's this. Here let me get down to the bottom of it. Is we just say this, Lord, is there anything that I've come accustomed to that's not kingdom-minded? It's really where it's at. Is there something that I've learned to live with, deal with, and survive in that was never designed by you? And if I could somehow allow the Holy Spirit to talk to me and get me out of that, man, life will go a whole lot better. doesn't mean it will be problem-free, but it means that it will be more Jesus. Yes? Amen? Third one is this. Is so... You and I can have genuine, rewarding relationships. Maybe that's why God brought us here. And so we can have genuine, rewarding relationships. So here is the challenge I'm going to give you today, okay? Fair enough? All right, so um, when we end today or next week or the week after that, don't be the first one at the door. Wait for somebody else. You can be second, right? (laughs) But, but what I mean by that is this, is stop for a minute. Lance and I were talking about this, okay? Um, I even use us, for example, okay? Uh, I, I didn't introduce them earlier, but this is Lance and, and Jennifer, JJ, some of our best friends on, in the whole world, okay? All right, so, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So, but watch this. I remember, I remember meeting Jen when she was 15, 15, 16 years old. I was youth pastor and I was, I was.
was leaving the church, going to Louisiana, and I met her. Just some random, I, I remember still coming with her sister Heather. Yep. Homeschooled to the max, all right? So, so it just, hey, hey, you know, ask them the thing, right? And so then Lance came, <laughs> homeschool high five. Hey. So he was, all right, whatever. <laughs> Y'all get that later. All right, so anyway, so then Lance came, and uh, he started uh, interning in the admin office at the church. I, when I met them, I never really thought how important that they would later become to us. Does that make sense? Of how much later that they would be more like family than our own family. Are you all following me? And, get it. Get it. All right. So, so but what happened was is this is, is I don't think I think the older I get, the more I realize that when I meet people, I need to treasure that moment more. And I need to recognize who God has around me because I don't know what he has in store for the future. Does that make sense? It's like my, instead of being, when I was young, just, you know, hanging out with everybody, ah, you know, hollering, you know, a thousand acquaintances, understanding that there was people there that were really meant to be meaningful relationships. And and even this, being open for new meaningful relationships. Because sometimes we get boxed in and we get comfortable, but there might be something that's in somebody in this room that you really need in your life. And if you you burn the trail after amen is said every week, then you're going to really miss out on the gift that's in them. Am I making sense to you guys? Yes, no? Yes, as Jen said, or they're going to miss out on the gift that you are. Okay? So part of that is just recognizing, once again, that there's meaningful relationships. Like last week after church, uh, we went to lunch with two couples. Okay? We got invited. And I love the fact that they said this while, they, while we were there. They said, you know, there's several of us that we do this every week after church, that, several couples that we hang out with. That should be kind of routine for all of us. That we're connected. And, and it's this, and I hope you understand this, that if you're isolated and you don't have any friends, it's really on you. It's really on you. It's really your responsibility. See, there's that part when, when listen, when we've grown up with a mindset that, that is really from insecurities and all that, and we go and we, you know, we do this. We just go sit in the corner, and it's almost like we dare people to come talk to us. Are, are y'all following me? Listen, you're, listen, in the kingdom, you're only an outsider if you want to be one. Okay? Because, listen, listen, li- please listen. This is where you have to understand that God knows you need friends, and he will bring them. But you've got to be open when they come. Yes? The do- you have to open the door. You have to welcome people, and you have to be vulnerable. Amen? All right. I have went a really long time today, right? Don't say yes. All right. So this, let me just say this, and, and I guess we'll be done. Sorry, Mark, I never even got to Jeremiah. All right, here we go. The last one is this, is, is so, stop, is so you and I can partner in ministering the gospel. Please see this real quick, okay? Just a thought I want to give you. Um, people in church go, well, you know, I'm just a greeter. Well, I just work at a cafe. Well, I'm just with the kids. I'm, and they always lower what they do. Are, are you with me? And, and so, but what I want us to understand today, if you are... Uh, if you've shoveled snow off the sidewalk, if you are greeting at the front door, if you've cleaned the building, if you're at a cafe, sound, I mean, you name it, just go through the whole list. If you were even in here praying before service, every bit of those people were part of presenting the gospel that day. Do you understand that? L- listen, let me even give it to you, just the, the, the bare, bare bones where it happens. If somebody comes to that door and they get a bad experience as soon as they walk in, they are going to be so close to anything that, that, anything that happens in worship, anything that's preached. That moment when you open the door, you smile to them, you greet them, so glad you're here today. Guess what? 
they probably haven't had that in a long time. Are you with me? When's the last time somebody said, man, it's so good to see you and mean it? Yes, and not want something from you. They really greet them. When's the last time somebody served somebody as far as in the cafe? You, you, you name what we do around here, and it's not just doing a task, but it is literally preaching the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but who wouldn't want to be a part of that? What, listen, it's not a, okay, go back there. What an opportunity. Listen, what if somebody said, hear me, please. Uh, uh, you know, a kid comes one day and they say, you know what? Uh, you know, I remember when I was seven years old and you, taught in, and you taught in children's church. That changed my life. Because, listen, I think sometimes we limit what we think God's really doing in those little ones. Are you with me? I got a really good friend that, that's from Maine. I uh, met him in North Carolina. He now lives in Florida, and he's a camp director. The most passionate camp director I've ever met in my life. Okay? His dad was a Methodist minister, and, and he went to camp every year. And at seven years old, in a camp that's an hour and a half from us here, he was sitting on a log, and God spoke to David Weber, a seven-year-old boy, and said, when you're older, you will lead camps. At seven years old. So here he is today. We're both 37 years old. He's leading camps. And probably, the, like I said, the best one I've ever seen. Loves it. Yeah, the guy's, he's kind of crazy. Anyway, so, but, but do you understand what I'm saying to you? Okay, so listen. So don't, don't minimize the, the thing that you are, you know, the gifting that's in you. Once again, understand the power and the anointing that's there and the reason God gave it to you. Amen? All right, so let me. No, it's good. It's good. We'll get there at the end. All right, so we'll close with that. All right, here we go. So let me show you one verse. Everybody flip to Jeremiah real fast. I wanted to walk through this, but it's fine. You're so good. Don't worry about it. All right, here we go. Jeremiah chapter 1, please. Y'all don't get upset. We're just letting people beat you to the restaurant. It's okay. All right? They're going to be done before you get there. Don't worry. All right, Jeremiah chapter 1. You there? All right, it says this. Let's go to verse 9. I really wanted to go through this, but okay, here we go. All right, it says, verse 9, Then the Lord put forth or stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. Uh, once again, he touched the place of his anointing, okay, because he was called to be a prophet. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. In other words, God provides what we need. Watch this in verse 10. Let me maybe say this. Yesterday morning I woke up, and I've always looked at this through an individual's eyes. Yesterday when I woke up, I immediately saw it as an individual church as far as the process that they kind of go through. So watch this as far as, and I've shared this before, but think about it as far as us, okay? It says, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. In other words, I've given you authority. Once again, to do what? To root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down. Then what do you do? You, you build and you plant or you establish. Watch this. Probably about three years ago, Jen and I were driving through uh, Tallahassee, Florida, okay? You're not missing anything. All right. So we in Florida State, you're certainly not missing anything. All right. So so we, we drove through Tallahassee and there was an old pastor that both of us were under at one time. And I said, hey, let's let's call Pastor Matt and let's see. Let's see if he's got time. Maybe we can go to lunch or something. 
And so I call him up, and, and, you know, it's been years since I talked to him. Well, we, you know, get the address. We go to the church, pull up. He meets us outside. And you got to know Matt. Matt's like, see, Matt's eight years older than me. So he's a 45-year-old man that so needs Ritalin, okay? He's the most energized man I've ever met in my life. And he's just bouncing off the walls. And he's so pumped. Cute, Jen. Oh, it's good to see you. He's hugging us. And, and then he starts telling us, we just built a new building. We met our first Sunday. The new building was this and the numbers were this, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, come on, let me give you a tour. Okay, let's go. So we start walking around. He's showing us new sanctuary, light, sound booth, you know, you know, pastors. Anyways, tell me every little thing that's there because it's big to them, right? And, and then we go through, like, the older part of the building, and he's showing us the office and his office, and he introduced us to one associate pastors and the, and the children's area and the little cool things that they had were things that down this pipe and that pipe and all this. And then we got, I remember, to a certain hallway, and I went, I said, uh, hey, Pastor Matt, is there any way... Um, I can see the old sanctuary. And watch this. Real simple. He goes, oh, he said, he said we, we had to tear it down so we could build the new one. And he named whatever building that they were in for a few months. When he said that, light bulb came on. And I realized that sometimes you've got to tear down the old before you can build the new. Does that make sense? But what happens sometimes is we get hindered by the fact that we've never done it that way before. Okay, or, or, we, or, we, or we get ourselves in a position and we say, you know what, well, churches like that in this area, you know, churches in this area, they've never been able to do that. I don't really care what they've been able to do. I care about what God can do. Are, are you following me? And so listen, so part of this, it's, it's going to happen in us and it's going to happen through us. God is literally going to come and sweep through, and he's going to remove some of the old things that need to be removed. He's going to clear out some things so we can begin to build and plant the vision that he desires. Amen? So, but listen, once again, I want you to realize that we are all part of that. Yes? So, amen. All right, so let me even, let me even throw this one verse there. It says in verse 11, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, in other words, he's having this vision, and he says, I see a branch of an almond tree. I've told you this before, but, but here's the significance of what he saw. Basically, in Hebrew thought, the almond tree was known as the, as, as the waker, W-A-K-E-R, the waker. And basically, the Jewish people knew that out of all the trees, the almond tree was always the first one to wake up from winter. And it let them know that when that thing blossomed, then basically it was their indicator that the seasons was changing. And so what happens is, is God's given us this word that he wants to do these things. And we need to understand that we are staring at the almond tree, that the, that the time is now. How fast we go in that, I don't know. What it all looks like, I, I don't know. But I know there's dreams that God's given me. And how all those things are going to happen, I don't know. But I trust him in the fact that they will. Yes, and so, and so part of that is we just need to realize, guess what? The season is changing, and if it's going to change, once again, going back to the top, if it's going to change in us as a whole, it's got to change in us as individuals because we make up the whole. And whatever we need to shift, we, we need to shift. Amen? Amen. All right. You ready? So awkward to have a prophetic word with a new pastor. Just saying. I know, but, like, we've never done this. This is new for us. So um, I was walking into church today, and I knew that I would have a prophetic word. And this is, like, the first time I've heard from the Lord since, you know, for a while. So this is exciting for me. I love you guys, by the way. 
So um, I really felt like the Lord was saying spiritual maturity has nothing to do with your age. And so really cool. He was talking about this word in Jeremiah. And right above what Pastor was just reading, it just talks about how um, Jeremiah is like, well, I'm just a youth. I'm like young. God's like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you um, a word, and you're gonna go with it. So I feel uh, very strongly that there's a lot of um, younger people in this church that have vision, and um, they're seeing a lot of vision for what their giftings are. And I just really feel like that's for now, and not for like 10 years from now. And so if you are younger. Um, and you're seeing vision, write it down, get alone with God, and really start praying about it. Also, if you're older in this church, and you have younger youth ministering to you, I just I want to just say, don't be offended, because God can refresh and renew your relationship with him, even through a youth. And that's, that's really cool. So, love you guys, and if you're youth and you are feeling that, I would love to pray with you. Any of you. Okay. Love you guys. So, so look at this. Part of that, and I'm glad you said that. Thank you for saying that. Because something actually Lee and I were talking about the other day, and we were talking about this process, is this, is that, you know, we always get this mindset that we somehow relegate youth to this world or children to this world. It's kind of like we box it. And the real idea behind all this is that we're all involved in doing it. Does that make sense? In other words, it doesn't really matter the age. Guess what? If, if there's something that you're passionate about, then guess what? There's an opportunity there for you. Amen. So let's stand to our feet really fast. All righty. Thanks for hanging in there today. Appreciate it. Um, real fast. Let's, all, all I want to do really quick is I just want to pray. Just make room for the Lord, and then I want to give the announcement. See, I'm remembering it, so you help me, okay? All right, so if you can, if you're comfortable, just lift your hands in the air. Just position of God, I just want to receive from you today. All right. So, Father, we just say, God, even in our own hearts today, God, that we hear you. God, that we hear you. And, Lord, if that, uh, if that needs to land, Lord, we're willing to let it land in our own hearts. Or we're willing to receive it, God. Anything that was spoken, if it was from me or from Stacy or just anything, even what Jen prayed earlier, God, if it needs to, to land in our hearts today, God, we receive it. And, Father, we just ask, God, in a real simple way that you would show us what we need to do with, with what you're saying to us. Show us, God. Show us what we really need to do. And, Lord, we just ask today, God, that not only would you... Uh, show us, but Lord, you'd give us the courage to step out and do it. And Father, we thank you today that when we step out, God, that your anointing and your grace will meet us there. And uh, God, it's almost like two rivers flowing into one. Father, we thank you today, God, that uh, you won't leave us hanging, but Lord, you'll equip us to do it. And so, Father, just uh, continue to birth in our own hearts, God, in this room today, God, the vision that you have for this church, God, the things that uh, yes, that need to be torn down, thrown down, destroyed. The things that need to be removed in us and, and, and basically in the, in the church, uh, individually and corporately. But, Lord, we also ask that you would show us what needs to be built and show us what needs to be planted. And, Lord, we ask, God, that you would do it very deeply. In Jesus' name, God, we want to stand, uh, God, for your glory. And so, Father, thank you today for just open eyes. Thank you for open ears and open hearts to receive all that you have. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 One quick announcement. 
And then we're all going to watch to see who the first person leaves. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seriously, no pressure. I know people got to go places and all that. I, I get that, okay? I'm just asking you to build relationships, all right? So take your time. All right, here we go. So um, real fast. So Sunday, January the 24th. Somebody said the 24th. Uh, after service, there will be a, a lunch slash meeting. See how we're roping you in there? Um, for uh, all volunteers that uh, are either currently volunteering or they're interested in volunteering in uh, nursing and children's ministry. And one of the immediate needs is because we, we've had to add another room because of the amount of kids we have and we need teachers for it. But also at the same time, we, we want to have um, not just one person locked in all those areas. Because really, let me say what's happening right now is there's a rotation. People greet, then they go downstairs. It goes back to that 20%. Uh, or the goal is to get people playing in one spot and let them flourish in it and not do a multitude of things. Okay? So anyways, so back to this. Uh, basically, the volunteers, anyone who is interested in being a part of this team or uh, basically is already involved, uh, please see Leah uh, if you are able to attend. Because basically this, we need to be able to count so we can see how much food we need to buy, okay? So I'm sure Leah will be in contact with you guys that are already involved. Uh, but if you're interested in getting involved, please just call the church office, email, and let's get going, okay? If there's something that God even sparked in your own heart today to kind of give some direction from this, if there's something he sparked in your own heart, let us know so we can go. We're not mind readers. Uh, we don't operate in all the gifts. We, you, you know, we, we, at the end of the day, we need to know what's in your heart, and we need to kind of get moving in that, okay? Yes? Amen. So, listen, God bless you. Thank you for hanging in there today. And uh, we will see you next week. If anybody needs prayer, there will be some of us up front, and we'll be willing to pray for people, okay? Amen. Bless you all.